it never fails. I told you last week, I'll tell you again this week, I put that 30 seconds on there so I could share a live video. I never get any of them shared in time. So, you know, I'm just going to kind of do my intro while I'm um, just spreading this out a little bit for you guys. So, you know, just bear with me. As I, yeah, What a week. Um, you know, Chappy here, Chaps Fantasy Chat, Thursday nights at 8 on iLogic Media. Thursday nights at 8 on Draft for Upside. Of course, Chappy Fantasy Sports Group, uh, River City Media. Love all the supporters that I have. Couldn't do it without you guys. I I really want you to know how much I appreciate you. Um, I'll tell you, it's that time of year where I got gripes this week. Um, You know, it's it's an interesting week. There's a lot of strange stuff going on. And, um, you know, I mean, it's just that's that's what baseball is. So uh, we'll get into those. Um, Tyler Molly right now is the one that's ticking me off more than anything. I'm in a neck and neck uh, battle with my buddy Timmy uh, DeBear, DeBoer, sorry, and um, he's just he's tough. And my pitching's been solid all week. I've been like picking and choosing who to put in, and you know Tyler Molly's been a monster all year long. And today he craps the bed, and it really has cost me. So I've got some making up to do. And honestly, I'm probably going to lose this week because of one performance in a daily change league, and that's unfortunate. But you know, I mean, that's that's the name of the game. Um, really, the the strategy part of specifically daily fantasy baseball is really something that doesn't get talked about enough. Um, And I try and make light of it. You know, every situation is different, but for instance, in in my weekly league that I'm in my big money weekly league, I just kind of got the intestinal fortitude to go pick out, pick up Vidal Bruhan. This is a rotisserie league. Um, basically, I'm going to have to eat his stats for a week if he doesn't get called up next week. We have one minor league spot, but um, I wanted to pick up Alec Manoa week before last. He got taken right in front of me. So, um, you know, guys like guys like Wander Franco and uh, Mackenzie Gore, those really top flight guys are already taken. Uh, but I felt like this was a really good opportunity, again, in a rotisserie-type league to um, to to take care of my stolen bases for the remainder of the year. Um, I'm doing pretty well in that category anyway, but that's an opportunity to take me from good to excellent in that category. And I feel like next week, the week after that, he, um, he gets the call. I think he gets the call before Wander Franco. I talked a little bit about him last week. Um, I won't dwell. I'm, I'm – I told you I was going to talk some prospects with you this week. I'm not really. Um, we'll get back on that next week. I felt like there were some things to discuss for um, both week long and things that you can use in DFS as well. And I thought we needed to shed some light on. So without further ado, what are we going to talk about tonight, right? Um, so, so first off, you know, the whole world's talking about Shohei. Um, I'm, I'm guilty myself. I, I have him in, in one league, and I've really enjoyed listening or watching him. Um, he, I, actually, the, the Angels have almost come my, become my team just because he's playing for them. God, that's that's a weird team. They're bad. They're really bad. And Joe Madden's making them worse. I hate to say that, um, but but really he is because, you know, the one good thing Joe Madden's doing is he's letting Shohei play. Um, but they, they just – he – doesn't know how to assess talent properly. That's my take of it from being a Cubs fan. And um, he just, he's got false expectations of people. And, and, you know, there's a couple things going on there. Um, There's some generational talent 
on the on the Los Angeles Angels. Um, you know, and, and when you're in a situation where half your team is generational talent and the other half of your team is basically double-A players, it's really tough to be competitive, especially when the best player in the game goes out for two months. That's that's not a pill that the Angels are able to swallow. And, you know, fact of the matter is um, they're going to continue to lose not so much because of their offense – and this is this is kind of it's, it's funny, kind of trying to have some foresight. Of course, they won seven one today, uh, but but because of their because of their pitching, their pitching is le- is not good. They've misassessed um, a lot of those guys, and you could start right. You know, being a former former Cubs fan, I could sit there and talk about Jose Quintana has been bad. Um, Griffin Canning is not been great. Patrick Sandoval, you know the one the one positive outlook in that rotation is, is Otani and you look at you know <clears throat> he can't be everywhere all the time and that's the problem with with what the Angels have going on they've got no prospects to speak of it's really a yeah I saw this bit um on I think it was on Twitter talking about how uh it was a it was a sarcastic bit talking about how Shohei wishes he'd have done research on in the MLB on what teams are good and what teams aren't. Um, boy, that they, they really um, don't have much around him, um, and there's not much coming up. You have Joe Adele and you have Brandon Marsh. Chris Rodriguez is a prospect that they have, but really the Angels are one of those teams where um, they're going to struggle because they've spent there's there's some dead. There's some dead money in that in that payroll that they're not getting rid of anytime too soon, you know. And and you know if you think about it, Shohei's probably going to decide somewhere else when it is time for him to to venture on out and test the free agent waters. He can't be terribly pleased with um, the 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 team that's around him and his ability to compete. You see how he is; he's ultra competitive. Um, <laughs> Such an interesting player. I, 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 I'm not gonna. This isn't gonna be the show here. I told you about that. But in light of that, right? Let's talk about. Let's talk about some guys who were big name names not that long ago, and we've all kind of swept them under the rug and forgotten about them. But they're very viable, right? They're very viable players. Um, and, and we'll talk about them a little bit. I think you probably get guess some of who they are, right? Um, but before we do that, I, I think it's a good idea. It's a good practice to go through, especially when we get this point in the year, to start talking about short-term success, who's hot right now, okay? And, and I don't want to dwell on this, but I think it's good good practice to go back seven days 14 days, and really look and see who the category, especially for a rotisserie, right? Because you can kind of catch lightning in a bottle sometimes and ride a guy for a couple weeks. Um, so, so, you know, talk about this last week's leader, the last seven days. I just pulled this before the show. Joey Wendell's the leader in the majors right now in OPS with a 1.619 OPS. I'll say that again. On base plus slugging. Right, that's what OPS is. Joey Wendell has the highest OPS in the majors over the last week. Now, what does that mean? It, 
I, I'm in an OPP league, an on-base percentage league. A guy like Joey Wendell is going to be more valuable in an OBP league for the short term, short term than if, say, you're um, in just an average league. Although he, he, he's hitting 524 over the last week. Um, Nolan Arenado, we all know about. Four homers, leads the major. Well, tied with Brandon Crawford and Ian Happ. Well, sorry, tied with six players. Ian Happ, Aaron Judge, Shohei, and Miguel Sano. Miguel Sano is another one. He is turning around right in front of our eyes. Four homers in the last week. It's a fun conversation to have. And it puts us in a good mindset when we go and we start thinking about riding a hot hand. Picking up a guy, say you got an everybody has injuries. This is such a terrible year for injuries. I, I don't buy into that. I've got injuries. It stinks. I've told you about my outlook on injuries. I look at it as an opportunity. Not only an opportunity to make your team better in in the short term, but in the long term as well. Brandon Crawford is a perfect example. Lighting the world on fire over the last – actually, over the last month, really. I mean, three weeks. Let's call it three weeks. 25 games. He started off slowly. This last week, he's got 11 or four homers, 11 RBIs, and nine runs. I just picked him up in multiple formats. And guess what? He might be effective for this next week. He may be effective the rest of the year. When you get an opportunity like that, you got a hot hand, you just don't know what you're getting yourself into. Um, it could be a, a kill Badu situation where he's hot for a couple weeks. It could be a situation where you're looking at the next guy, right? Nonetheless, those are the types of guys that can patch holes for you, especially if you have the short-term injuries. So... Some other guys. Some other guys to talk about here. Some hot guys, right? (laughs) Some hot baseball players over the past week. (laughs) Um, Trey Mancini. Ten RBIs, three homers, six runs. You're talking about a situation where, you know, everybody's wrapped up in the story, and the story's great of him overcoming um, cancer. But but coming back and being effective, that's two separate entities. And Mancini, you know, it's between him and um, Mullins for the MVP, or excuse me, for the All-Star game from that team. I think both of them are deserving. Mancini's probably more of a sure shot just because of the fact that his story, right? So before we get into these guys that are the forgotten about MVPs, I I, I do want to talk about a few things. Uh, Just quick hitters, right? Um, All this no-no, no-hitter hate is absurd. I hate it. I'm so sick of every flipping Facebook group I'm in. 
oh, no hitters are like complete games now. Baloney. This is going to even out. Just like watch it happen. Appreciate. I'll tell you what I appreciate about this is the fact that all of these pitchers, with the possible exception of Kluber, because Kluber was once one of the best pitchers in the game, have been soft tossers, have been guys that, you know, normally you think of no-hitters, you think of, like, the most dominating pitchers of the game, the guys who can really, like – but but the way that analytics has changed this game has made it so that <clears throat> it almost rewards the guys who are different. And the guys who are different in this day and age are the guys that don't throw 100, that don't live off their fastball, um, who locate – and know how to pitch. And you look at every single one of those guys. That's what they do. That's their forte. So, I, I, you know, it's 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 an ebb and it's a flow. I love it. I think it's great. I think it's great for the game to see these guys. Um, I want to see a hard thrower get a no-hitter. No that That's what I want to see next. The Dodgers. How, how crafty, how crafty are the Los Angeles Dodgers? Am I only one that sees this from a mile away? They go out in the same week and they pick up Yoshi Satsugo and Albert Pujols. Two left-handed studs. And... If you look at the Dodgers, that was really what their weakness was. I see Albert Pujols having a huge effect on that Dodger lineup for the entire year. One, Pujols reminds me of one of those guys who feeds off of revenge, feeds off of just a bad taste in his mouth. And I think that's what you get with him. I think his feelings were hurt. I think that's why he chose to play in his crosstown rivals. Um, and I think the Dodgers were all about it. Why wouldn't you be, right? Sasuga's a little bit more of a projection. I, I've been wrong about him more than once. I thought he would be a good player stateside. He hasn't been. But the way he talks about being with the Dodgers, the way he talks about the Dodgers giving him a chance to let him get right, I, I, I at least I feel like he landed in the right place. I like what the Dodgers have done, and I feel like they did so cheaply with both of those guys. I think, I think Pujols is big. The rest of the year. Fernando Tatis. Immediate impact coming back from the COVID issue that he had. I think it was four for four last night. Hit a homer, stole a base. Did you see that split? Absolutely ridiculous. He cemented himself in my eyes. I was one of those guys who was a little bit skeptical. I wanted to see more from him. At the beginning of the year, um, I, I had him probably, I think, third or fourth on my big board. 
he's shown himself to me. It's not fluky. He, he's a legitimate player. He's a legitimate top five fantasy player until further notice. All right, guys. MVP, right? Everybody's talking Shohei. We saw last night, Shohei's human. Velocity down about five miles per hour across the board on all his pitches. He still grinded it out. He still, you know, he was able to pitch better last night. My concern about Shohei Otani when it comes to the MVP race, who keeps who keeps other teams' pitchers honest pitching to Shohei until Trout gets back? Because if you think about it, yeah, Rendon's there. I, I, Upton's having a decent year. Um, Fletcher's there. There's not much else there. There's a glaring need on that team for the failed development of Joe Adele and Brandon Marsh. Now, that might be a little bit unfair, given the given the environment of last year and the lack of no minor league ball. But that doesn't change the case. That the Angels need both of those players to be contributing right now, and they're just not able to. And they're not going to be able to for the foreseeable future. I worry about Shohei getting pitched to. I feel like his numbers might take a little bit of a turn. The one thing about Shohei, I don't think I said this. Forgive me if I'm repeating myself. He is one of the headier players in the majors. I've seen him not once but twice. Keep a defense honest by bunting on base. That is a tool that is so underutilized in this day and age. The fact that he's willing to do that tells me just how in sync he is with the game. I love Shohei Otani's approach. I worry about him getting I worry about him getting the Barry Bonds treatment until Mike Trout gets back. So that said, who are some MVP candidates one quarter of the way through the year that we're all obsessed about Shohei and we're just forgetting about these other guys? The first guy's obvious. Anyone that's listening to me knows I have a severe man crush. I got to thank my boy Dave Craig. Dave Craig was a huge Vladimir Guerrero Sr. fan. He had a he had Vlad Jr. drafted in pretty much every dynasty league I'm in with him last well two years ago. Because of COVID, we kind of had to reconfigure our leagues and we started fresh this year. Well, Dave knew I liked Bobachette. Apparently he liked him a lot as well. He took him in the first round. Um I played the sly approach. And I waited, and I got Vladimir Jr. in the fifth round. And I'm pretty happy about that. I'm pretty happy about that. You know, 
Vlad is probably the front runner for the MVP right now. Outside of outside of Shohei Otani. <laughs> my, my my money's on Vlad because again, I think that he maintains this pace where Shohei kind of regresses a bit. Fifth in the majors against the fastball. He's hitting 387 against the fastball. He's hit five opposite field home runs this year. He doesn't swing wild at the pitches. He doesn't swing at bad pitches. Completely different story than what we've seen the past couple years out of Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Here are, here are his statistics among the league. On base percentage. Second in the league. I don't know if it's AL or majors. I think it's AL. He's at 440, Mike Trout, 466. Seventh in slugging, 609. Second in OPS, which is on base plus slugging. 104.9, again, Trout's in front of him. Tied for fifth in the majors and homers at 11. Tied, excuse me, he's in eighth place in RBIs with 30. Here's the thing that gets me, though. Tied for sixth in the major leagues and walks. That's the key. That's the key, guys. He is on pace for 67 walks this year. That's not right. I'm sorry. I apologize. Uh, I hate getting stats wrong, guys. 107 walks. I knew that one. He's on pace for 107 walks this year. I knew that wasn't right. That would shatter his career high. Vlad Guerrero Jr. is, I, I don't know how it's happening, is flying under the radar this quarter of the season. I love this guy. When he came up, Chris Bryant, I, you guys that know me know I, I really am a huge Cubs fan. Chris Bryant, to me, what a shame what's happened to him. Um, he's having his best year since his MVP season. Looks like a man on a mission. He understands what he's doing when he's up at the plate. He, I feel like the trade discussion really bothered him. I love his quote. I don't cuss, but when they asked him, I do cuss. I don't cuss on air. <laughs> um, when they asked him about uh, the trade rumors, he said, I don't give a shit. He said, I don't care. He said, I don't, I'm, I'm over it. And it's shown. He's gone out and he's done what he's supposed to do, which is hit the ball.
Cubs are blacked out here in Indianapolis. I hate it. I haven't seen them once this year. But I, I, from what I've heard, which is why all the all the different attire. Um, from what I've heard, he's cut down on his launch angle. He's pulling the ball more. He's being more selective. All of those things feed into what the analytic, analytics are telling him he needs to do. And the results are glowing. Um. You know, 184 OPS plus, excuse me, 184 OPS plus. And that's, I'm not going to get into that because I don't really, I, that's not important, right? I mean, it. I, I found, being an old dog, I found myself trying to get into these advanced statistics more and more, right? Because I feel like it is important to be um, up to date on the most, well, the, the most advanced statistics, right? So the way I understand it is, uh, so OPS plus 100 is league average. Like every point over 100 is like a percentage point better. Chris Bryant leads the National League in OPS plus at 184. His 308 batting average statistic I'm familiar with is 100 points higher than it was last year at 206. He's seventh in OPP at 401 on base percentage. He's third in OPS on base plus slugging at 1.017. And he's third in slugging at 0.615. Guys, there's no way the Cubs can trade or let go of Chris Bryant. They have to sign him long-term at this point. He is doing exactly what they wanted him to do. They have to pay the man now. That doesn't mean they will. The Cubs have been known to be, do dumb stuff in the past. It wouldn't surprise me if they did it again. Um, the next guy, I don't know, maybe it's cause I'm here locally, the, the local team, he's been a big time name for a while now. And he's shown glimpses, but guys, Jesse Winker is really coming through this year. He's one of those guys who Uncle Nears he's one of those guys who has always we've always been told that he has this humongous head tool that he's, he's a future star. And he's shown glimpses of being really good, right? Um, he's put together a couple really good years, especially when he's younger. But this year, this year, it looks a little different out of Jesse Winker. 
343. 343 leads the National League. I love this. Ba baseball reference is so awesome. Um, because you could just go in there. So you could go in there and look and see where the you know where they're sitting currently, right? So again, sixth in total bases, 84. I just, I, you know, slugging, fourth and slugging at 600. Like I said, first and batting average, 343. On-base percentage, 399 is ninth in the league. But the thing to take away here, the thing that I love most about Winker this year, he, he looks the part of an emerging stud. He's very disciplined at the plate. He, the other night against his old teammate, I was watching him. And he took a changeup off of Di Sclafini. Okay. I hate when it says Wi-Fi is going low. It's, it's gone, though. So he took a changeup off of Di Sclafini and parked it. In left center field. Now, this is a pitch most hitters wouldn't have touched. But his discipline, his ability to keep his front shoulder in, his ability to um, read pitches, looks to me to be the best it's ever been. I feel like Jesse Winker is one of those guys. If he could put a full year together of what he's doing right now. In that park, it's not hot yet. I just turned the air conditioner on here in Indianapolis. Tuesday. The ball's going to fly better in Cincinnati when it gets hot. Buy low on Reds. You're not going to buy low on Winker. Buy low on Suarez. Buy low on Sensel. Buy low on all those all those Reds players that you can get a hold of. But Jesse Winker's the one. He's the catalyst of that offense. He's taken over for Joey Votto as the best player of that game. Of that team, excuse me. I want to take a second. This guy, he's probably, he's definitely not MVP caliber, but he is worth talking about just a bit before we get into this next topic. Because Nate Lowe has been really good for the Rangers. Um, He reminds me, he reminds me of Mark Teixeira. And I say that just because he's got those long arms that you really can't fool him out over the plate. He, he's he's going to punish that pitch. And you can't get him inside either because he has quick hands. Nate Lowe, to me, was just what the doctor ordered in Texas. Well, aside from pitching. 
that's a difference. It's a different story for a different day. Um, speaking of gripes, Dane Dunning, stellar performance week after I cut him. Anyway, different story for a different day. Um, Nate Lowe. has matured in front of her very eyes. He's, and I think a lot of that has to do with everyday playing opportunity, right? And it was a question whether or not he was going to play every day. Everybody's talking about Ronald Guzman, and I think they signed uh, Greg Bird. There was three or four other guys. No, I think that was, they had two or three other guys. That was Colorado with Greg Bird, I apologize, um, that they were wanting to play there. And, you know, to me, Lowe just kind of stuck out here. Um, but when you look at – so you go to Baseball Savant and you look at the difference between this year and last year. Last year, last year Nate Lowe hit 122 against the fastball. He hit home runs. One. He hit home run last year off the fastball. He's hitting 270 this year against the fastball. He's got – well, this is pulled. He might have a couple more. Three homers already against the homer – or against the fastball, excuse me. The off-speed pitch, he's recognizing. He's hitting 368 against the off-speed. He's recognizing that off-speed pitch. He's always hit – he hit 308. Against it last year. That was so so he adjusts well to the off speed. The Rays really screwed this up and getting rid of him. He's one of those guys that in a couple years could be an MVP candidate. If you could buy Nate Lowe, I let him go. I'm a knucklehead. I let him go. It's a numbers game, you know. It's one of those things where – and it was like the second day of the season. That's okay. I'm okay with that. I knew he was going to be good, but it was a tough decision I had to make, and I did. Chaps Fantasy Chat, Thursday nights at 8, iLogic Media, Draft for Upside, Chappie Fantasy Sports Group, River City Media. I love all my affiliates. They're, they're great. Um, if you got questions, ask them. I, I, I'll tell you, um, if I don't see it, I'll answer it after the show. Apparently, if you're not on, I don't know. I'm, I, I don't know. I'm not going to get into it. Technology's weird. It, it kind of it tries to restrict you, but I want to get on. I want to go to the next subject because I, this is a fun. This is a fun tinker to do. I, I I love picking on the lazy, and that sounds bad. What am I talking about? I like looking at guys whose numbers might not be very good but have shown me an improvement. Have shown me that they're ready to come out and be the players they are. Slow starts, hot couple weeks, right? 
So, so high-profile players, who am I talking about? Who's heating up here in the majors after a slow start? Player number one, Kyle Tucker. Kyle Tucker started the season off the first 26 games of the year. 181 average, 17 of 94. Five homers, two doubles, 12 runs, 15 RBIs. 238 on base percentage. Yada, yada. You get it. Not good. The last two weeks. So we're talking about almost a month versus the last two weeks. Average 181 to 313. Homers. Five homers through the first 26 games. Four homers through the last 14. Runs, 12 to 15. More runs over the last two weeks. RBIs, 15 to 12. Three less, but again, you're talking 11 less games. The OBP shot up from 238 to 411. Talk about Kyle Tucker. His slug almost doubled. His OPS almost doubled. If you're in a league that you know you can take advantage of players who aren't paying attention, these are the guys you want to do it with. They're showing you they're ready, right? But people that don't analyze it aren't able to sit there and say, well, I know Kyle Tucker was supposed to be this stud, but Jesus, he's hitting, I don't know what it is, two-something, right? What happened to Kyle Tucker? He stinks. No, he just had a slow start, right? That's what we're doing here. That's how you win leagues. Kyle Tucker's hitting 225. You can still get him cheaply. I'm going to skip over Marcus Semyon. Marcus Semyon, I feel like we're past that. One guy I do I talked about him earlier. I, I feel like we have to talk about him about him a little bit more. Brandon Crawford. Guys, get on board with San Francisco being a good team. Now you want to invest in their pitching. That's where you want to concentrate your efforts. But there's some other valuable pieces there to take advantage of. First couple weeks, it was Evan Longoria. Buster Posey's been consistent all year long. Brandon Belt's been pretty good. Brandon Crawford, through the first 23 games of the season, was hitting 205. I'll say that again. Brandon Crawford was hitting 205 for the first 23 plus weeks of the season. His last 11 games, he's hitting 344. Four homers through 23 games, five homers through his last 11. Ten runs, 10 RBIs, 23 games, 11-11, his last 11. 
Again, almost doubled his OPP. Has more than doubled his slug. Has more than doubled his OPS. That's indicative. That's significant. That's something you want to take advantage of. Miguel Rojas. I'm, I got to say this. I got to be honest with you guys. I'm not sure about Miguel Rojas. And I say that because Jess Chisholm's back. And I, I'm a little concerned that Rojas's improvement in numbers directly re- reflected the fact that he was being asked to hit leadoff. He was being asked to take, take the place of Jess Chisholm. I feel like now that Chisholm's back, that may change things. But I want to talk about it nonetheless. The first 24 games for Miguel Rojas, he was hitting 247. The last 13 games, he's hitting 347. 100 points higher, percentage points higher. Zero homers to his first 24 games. He's more of a contact hitter, so I want to do this. Six doubles and a triple. 24 games. To his last 13, two homers, six doubles and a triple. 13 runs, 14 runs. Seven RBIs, seven RBIs. Again, we're talking about 11 less games. His OPP hasn't doubled, but it's gone up. 340 to 396. Slug hasn't doubled. It's gone up a lot. 341 to 633. OPS 681 to 1.029. These are guys, again... Adam Duvall is the other name. One last name, and then I'm going to move on. Adam Duvall, through his first 24 games, was hitting 188. Through his last 13, he's he's hitting 289. Same amount of homers. Nine runs to six runs. Again, 11 less games. The same amount of RBIs, 14. OBP went up from 233 to 319. Adam Duvall. Slug went from 368 to 578. OPS 622 to 892. Excuse me, 897. These are guys you can... And shower leagues get off the waiver wire. You see a point in time where they're getting better. That's the point of fantasy baseball. Get on those guys before the industry catches up with them. Now, they might fall off. It happens. Move on to the next guy. I got 15 minutes. This has become a staple of my show. I love doing this. Guys, 
who will be talking about next week in the industry that we're going to grab this week cheaply on Fab. Forward thinking. There's a couple that scream to me. The first one. Why are we not? And I've talked about him, but I feel like we need to talk about him now even more. Willie Calhoun is a really good hitter. He's one of those guys. He's David Peralta esque in that he's not gonna he's not gonna hit three hundred usually. He's not going to hit 40 homers usually. Can he? Yes. <clears throat> He's more like a 280-25 guy. The reason why Calhoun is significant, this particularly concerns me, with Chris Davis getting pulled off the injured list last week, Calhoun's not playing left field. In Fantrax, Calhoun was just a utility player. In CBS Sports, Calhoun is just a utility player. If you can move him into the outfield, that makes him quite viable. Especially if he continues to hit leadoff, which he's been doing with a fairly regular consistency. Calhoun's got a ton of talent. And, you know, the, the fact that, you know, five homers already in just 27 games, sitting 275. Texas isn't as bad as people are leading them. To, there's some talent in Texas. And, you know, Calhoun at the top of that line, lineup, to me, is is quite intriguing. And I'll be honest, I, I'm a fan. So we'll see what happens there. This next guy, I, I, I don't know. Sometimes this seems too obvious to talk about. But I feel like I'd be, I, I'd be doing a disservice if I didn't mention Gavin Locks. Gavin Lux is looking opportunity square in the eyes. Currently, he's a 254. Two homers, one stolen base. But with Corey Seager's broken hand, he's the shortstop. He's the shortstop. And I think that's exactly what a player like Lux needs. The reassurance that, hey, you're playing. And he's rewarded them, right? He's played well in the full-time role. I mean, I'm just looking at it. He's hit the last four nights he's got a hit. And it looks like seven of the last eight. He's hitting 393 over the last eight games. He's got two homers. If you're in a redraft league, now, you're probably not going to get him in any sort of keeper league, any sort of minor league keeper league, because, you know, 
he was a highly touted prospect. But if you're in a redraft league, Gavin Lux is probably out there for you. He's going to play darn near every day. At least for the next month while Seager's out. I love Gavin Lux. And again, 393, two homers, six run, 10 RBIs, and his last eight games. That's valuable. That's valuable. Just a few other guys here. I'm not going to talk too much about him. But just, you know, um, Manuel Margot. He's hitting at the top of the lineup for the Rays. He's one of those guys who really isn't getting a whole lot of publicity. Ain't getting a whole lot of – the one thing that worries about me about him is, like, at what point does there become a logjam in that outfield with a guy like Bruhan, with a guy like – um Dang it. Josh Lowe. With a guy like Nick Bolt. They're, they're, the minor leagues are just so rich with players that a guy like Manuel, Manuel, Manuel Margot is really um, serving a purpose right now. If you need someone for a week, I, I don't have it. I, I mean, he, he's been a really good part of that offense this year. 270, four homers, four stolen bases, 16 runs, 22 RBIs. Can play center field well. I wonder if he gets squeezed when a guy like Bruhan comes up. But with that said, that's a real driver, right? Knowing that you have this hot rookie in the minors. He's just waiting for the opportunity. A veteran like Margot is probably really feeding that fuel. I love it. I, I think it's a great situation. Austin Hayes is another guy um, in Baltimore. I'm not normally a big Baltimore um, advocate, but you know the talent's there. The the thoroughbred, the blue chip is there. He's hitting at the top of the line. I think he's at the second without looking at it. Um, he's just he's got. Power potential hasn't necessarily shown it yet, um, but it, if if you look at what um, the Orioles are doing with guys like Mullins, with guys like Mancini, um, there are some prospects knocking on the door that really kind of force Austin Hayes' performance hand. Okay, Kevin Newman's on fire, guys. Kevin Newman is really hitting well for the Pirates. Conspiracy theories. I'm going to end this on this note because I think this is funny. Conspiracy theories is what I have this little blurb as. Al Pujols hated Joe Madden. Didn't like the way he operated. Didn't like the way he played. He, he managed. Um, I, I feel like he played his hand to get out of L.A., back to L.A., because of Joe Madden. Either that or he doesn't like Shohei and Trout. It's one of the two. And you could see where Madden's polarizing. 
He likes who he likes. I think this is a big win for the Dodgers. Slugging versus lefties. This is a telling st statistic. The Dodgers is a team, 346 versus left-handed pitchers. That's the fifth worst in baseball. Three, four, six. Puig? Pulos? Versus lefties? I don't know where I got Puig from. Forgive me. 593 this year. This year. His OPS, OPS is 878. Against left-handed pitching. At worst, he's a cleanup hitter and the first baseman when they play left-handed pitchers. I'll take that. Chaps Fantasy Chat, Thursday nights at 8. Come back in an hour. Me and my boy RC, the other angle, we're going to talk a little football. But we're going to talk some baseball, too. I'm not done talking baseball. I love doing this. I hope it shows. I hope you guys enjoy the content. Um, you know, I, I love talking baseball. My dad would have loved this show. I lost him about 15 years ago. Um, but, but you know, baseball is, is in my – it courses through my blood. Um, I, I, I like – to analyze data. So the fact that I have those th two things going for me, I feel like um, enables me to look at numbers and look at statistics in a whole different way. I like sharing that with other people. Hope you guys enjoy the content. If you do, please go to my Facebook page, Chaps Fantasy Sport Group, Chappy Fantasy Sports Group. Um, you can also go to River City Media. My boy Randall's blowing up. Draft for Upside's awesome. Love those guys there. Make sure and check them out. iLogic Media is the home. That's where all the broadcastings come through. Thanks to my boy Johnny Danger Cole for putting all this together. Um, come back in an hour. We'll definitely be talking more baseball. We'll also be talking a lot of football. So um, love Thursday nights. Love talking with you guys. If you don't stop back in an hour, I'll see you next week. Chats Fantasy Chat. Like and follow. Have a good night.